welcome to part two of our Last of Us podcast that we are calling The Great Debate, trying to decide if Joel is the monster of The Last of Us. Without further ado, please enjoy. Well, we had this beautiful climactic statement about the game. We reached this natural point where it was naturally conclusive, and we both were like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah. getting into the meat and potatoes of this side episode of episode three. Yeah, yeah. The gr- AKA the great debate with the illustrious Simon, <laughs> who we've mentioned in every episode, is uh, is Joel, as you put it, the monster? We did our best to play devil's advocate uh, in the episode, Simon, but uh, I think... You can argue that position a lot better than we can because our, our hearts just weren't in it. You know, yeah, we, we ran dry. We, we ran, ran dry. dry. I tried to play devil's advocate, and I was just like, I hit like four or five argument points, and then I was like, I can't. I can't do this. This is dumb. Yeah. We don't agree at all. <laughs> so it was, it was hard to argue that we do. Oh, boy. that's. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that, that you couldn't even bear to bring that side of the argument to the forefront. Oh, we did. We tried. We just tried. You know, we, we tried. tried. <laughs> I think Mike's reaction just a moment ago was, it's dumb. <laughs> so you can do it. <laughs> I mean, that was my conclusion to playing devil's advocate. I was like, this is stupid. This is, this is dumb. So, te- so tell us why you think Joel is the monster, the boogeyman, you know, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street dude. I can't believe that I have to, like, lay that out for you. Like, the fact that it's not obvious to you is a, a little disappointing. Uh, <laughs> it's not obvious. It's a little heartbreaking that it is so obvious to you. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, the the reason I've said that before, and I, I still think that's the case, is, uh, like, you have a series of events in this game that kind of lean towards the idea that Ellie would be prepared to either lay down her life or uh, or at least go through with whatever is necessary. It's never explicit. They, they never, like, cover it off. And I get that's the crux of the whole issue, is that you, you don't really know 100% what she would do. I think you, but, I think you do. Like, I, I don't think he, she says that she wants to die for this, but she definitely says that this is something she wants to do, to, to go there, to go to the Fireflies and, and try to develop a cure. In her yeah, mind, it doesn't does. mean that she's going to be killed in her sleep without her consent, but right. She, she yeah, wants well, to that's what killed. I mean. Yeah, she doesn't ex- like th- this whole thing would be moot. I think if you had Ellie saying explicitly, <laughs> like I, I'm ready to die for this. Let me go. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the whole the whole thing comes down to we don't know 100% with certainty exactly what she would do, but like you said, like it's hinted pretty heavily. That she she would be prepared to make some big sacrifices, maybe the ultimate sacrifice. We don't know, but big sacrifices for this. And it, like, there's even a I had to look up some of this stuff because I haven't played this game and to, to completion in like eight years or seven or eight years. Um, but there's even a line by Marlene at the end that kind of confirms that, I guess. That says, you know, this is what she would want, right? But uh, the reason, like going back think, to it, so the reason, sorry, sorry, you don't, sorry to interrupt. You don't think Marlene saying that, like, with an ulterior motive? Um, I mean, it's possible. Sure, it's, it's pretty. Possible. It's a pretty self-serving statement. Well, 
hold on, hold on. But there is a point, and this is going to be just like, and I still am going to disagree, so I want you to know I'm, I'm going to give you a point here, Simon, while disagreeing with it. So at this point in the game, when they first arrive in Salt Lake City and Joel and Ellie are like, hey, we've arrived here, we've followed the fireflies across the entire country, we're going to do this. Ellie has a line that says, uh, you know, I've done all of these things. All of these things that we've done, all these horrible things, can't not have been for nothing. Like, I need to see this through. So there is like almost like a finality in her statement. But but then they're also having a speculative conversation about how there's going to draw some blood and it's all going to be a good day. So I don't think at any point in time it, it also crosses her innocent mind that this is going to involve her, them harvesting her brain. That's possible. Yeah, that was, so that's what I mean. It's it's purposely, it's it's purposely not laid out, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's the whole point. So that we I don't think we'd be having this conversation if it was laid out. So it going on this assumption that she would make some sacrifices for this. The the reason I think Joel's the monster here is because there, there's a very good argument to be made that Joel trades in the only possibility of a cure. The only possibility of saving the rest of the world uh, for his own uh, gain, right? For his own feeling of this is his surrogate daughter. He wants to live out his days with her. He wants to. He's grown close to her now, which is not the case at the start of the game. Which is not the case for eighty percent of the game. But in that last twenty percent, after the cannibals, uh, suddenly he's very close with her. He, he, she's suddenly his surrogate daughter, and that means that everyone, all the fireflies, the doctor, even Marlene, uh, they all have to die so that Joel can have his idyllic little homestead. Oh my god! So, so much to unpack here. That's so frustrating already. <laughs> but, but the, from the last time we talked about this, we stumbled upon something that I, I don't know if it'll change your mind, but I think maybe it'll make you view things a bit differently. So we keep saying cure and I, I, they say, I'm pretty sure they say cure in the game, but there is no cure. There's only, the only thing they they could make is a vaccine because anybody that's infected and, you know, to the point where they're, you know, like the hyper aggression uh, and then, you know, have the fungus head, uh, which is like stage two, like they're dead. The only thing that's alive is the the fungal infection inside of them controlling their body. So you're not going to inject them with this thing that they make from Ellie and bring them back from the dead. The only thing you can do is vaccinate people so they don't get infected, which means they don't have to wear a gas mask in the spore areas. Or if somebody gets bitten, presumably you could save them before they die. So it's not a cure. It's a vaccine, which means all of these fungus things are still going to exist everywhere and can still rip your throat out. Like you can you can still be killed. You're not immune to fungus virus. Yeah, that's that's how that's how the word cure is generally applied. No, like, a, <laughs> a cure would a cure would mean that you there you, you're reversing all of the fungal infection. But if you're if you have a, a fucking mushroom for a face, like you're dead. You're not coming back. Yeah, no, I understand that. That's. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like the reverse Thanos snap, where suddenly everybody comes back to life and everybody's happy and materializes from the ash of whatever mushrooms are left over. No, <laughs> I, I get that. Okay. Like, that's... So, so you potentially get a vaccine, but life is still kind of shit. Yeah, kind of. 
Uh, except that there's a vaccine available in which you don't have to worry so much about this infection. I still, like think, so... I still think if you're outside the walls, you're going to be terrified of getting your arms ripped off by a fucking clicker. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's lots of stuff to be scared about in this post-apocalyptic world. That's that's absolutely the case, and that would stay the case. But hopefully there would be a vaccine, and then people could <laughs> at least come together in various different groups and get vaccinated if they need to and, and be able to try and build some kind of a life. And like that is all a world of possibility that is taken away by the fact that Joel goes in and simply desi desires to murder everyone he can. Lots of people he doesn't have to. Like, why, why does he kill Marlene? Why does he kill the doctor? Why does I mean, he because, do all that? Hey, okay, go, uh, Mike, go, he, Mike, go. He kills Marlene because Marlene literally would have come after them until the end of her days. So the, the bigger thing here is that we're totally admitting the fact that, like, the Fireflies are, in my opinion, committing one of the greatest fallacies of all time, that humans can act as God. because Just because they find a little girl who's been mutated by the fact that the spores are not infect making her blind rage driven like that we, we are going to be able to harvest them or at least we have the best shot and we're going to murder this one girl who's you know could have a, a potential future to who knows what she could do with her own blood down the road who knows what kind of technology come up because we the fireflies are going to find a way but let's just kill this girl harvest her brain and let's hope that with by taking away her free choice and everything like that we will figure out some sort of a vaccine i don't know there's a lot of steps before we even get to what you guys are talking about in this post-vaccinated world sure and i don't know I just, I just, I just wanted to reframe it from the last time we talked about this, and you know, the the point of her future. Maybe she's the John Connor of the Last of Us universe. She's the one that's going to unite humanity against the fungal spores. Simon, we'll never know because they were just going to blindly kill her. I mean, I, I guess anything is possible in this <laughs> in this world that you're presenting, where every single possibility. I mean, this is like string theory stuff, right? Like it, it could go in any way it goes. <laughs> well, there's a mil yeah, there's a million universes, and in one of them, Ellie is John Connor, and, and not the shitty John Connors from three quarters of the movies from the one movie where it works out. Fine, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. I'll try to. I'll try to keep it uh, the. The, the fantasticalness to a minimum because you're right yeah we could just pull whatever we want out of our ass if we're gonna right. go down that route but well well to mike's point right of what he was just saying keep in mind that they do say in the game this is basically the you know the best doctor in, in the nation that they're aware of that can deal with this this is their absolute best chance at being able to deal with this they've never found anybody else who's got this immunity and they do believe that this is going to work wonders in terms of learning how to develop some kind of vaccine or at least resolve or make a huge step towards that. Right? This I isn't a random thing that they're doing. I, I agree. I, I will grant all that. I still think it's a one in like a hundred billion chance. And even if you believe, even if they do succeed, let's, let's say that they do on the, the weight from Boston to Salt Lake City, a huge chunk of the fireflies die. So even just getting cross country for them, clickers and marauders, like they lost a huge amount of their force. By the end of it, they're kind of crippled, which is why, you know, the Joel's actions at the end lead to the fireflies being wiped out. So they make this cure. Now they have to find some way to mass produce it. And then they have to find some way to get it 
not just all over the United States, but presumably the whole world. I don't see that succeeding. It, it probably doesn't, right? But that, that's not really like the point of the point of what I'm saying. Like that that that's the, all that all could happen. That could all be very difficult, and it might fail after the fact. I think like it's my, relevant. My point to your, is, I think it's relevant to your point because you you've still doing the thing that precedes those by taking away, by eliminating any choice from the participant, which is Ellie. And well, that's yes, pretty they monstrous. Are still doing it. That's it, pretty it monstrous. It is. Well, I, I never, I never claimed that the Fireflies were like the good guys in this either, right? Like what they're doing is also very horrible. Nobody should ever go through something like that without consent. And arguably, you know, Ellie's a child. She probably couldn't give consent even if they just flat out asked her. Right? Like, does she really understand any of what's going on or what the impact would be being that young for someone to die for for something that, as far as we know, is just a chance at a vaccine? Like, are, I, are I understand you, that. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're good people and that they're doing the right thing. What I'm saying is that Joel is still a monster in what he's doing. Like, there, there's motivations for it. You know, to him, it's his surrogate daughter. And I'm not saying that most people wouldn't try to do what he's doing but that doesn't that doesn't mean he's any less of a monster in this situation he's still taking away the only chance at a vaccine for the whole world as far as he's concerned well as far as he's concerned yeah but you've also changed from calling him like the monster to a monster already well this story is about joel and Ellie, so that's why I say he's the monster because it's this story. Right? <laughs> yeah, like this is. <laughs> so you make him out to be the the boogeyman of the the U.S. of A. Oh, he kind of is the boogeyman of the U.S. of A. He Everywhere he goes, he leaves trails of bodies just oh <laughs> all the way all across the state. No, 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 no. But but the thing is, though, we're here to debate whether he is the monster, and the problem is, is that he's not the monster. He's a symptom of a really messed up world where everyone's a monster. And the problem there is the fact that you're saying that one man can out-monster everyone else in a world where everyone's murdering everyone because he tried to save one innocent person, unlike everyone else who's just trying to save themselves. Well, you're seeing it as him saving one innocent person. I'm, I'm saying there's an argument to be made that he's doomed the rest of the world. You know, he's, he's, he's lowered the percentage of there ever being a potential for a cure. That's not saying he... That's, you are leaping so far ahead. That's like saying you brought down, like, so say before Ellie, the percentage was maybe 3%. But with Ellie, the percentage is potentially 45%. You're right there. The percentage is higher because she has been infected and her brainstem has been infected with this, this fungus and she's not getting infected and that's changing things. So if we take it out, but here's the thing. I think 45 is very generous, by the way. I know, that is very generous. I agree. I'm even being generous. But the problem is, is that doesn't even put us over a 50% chance. Not only that, but you're saying you can take out the fungal growth, take it out of the host, which is in some way symbiotically latched on at this point in time, that is probably using the host in some way to thrive in its own right, and that we are going to be able to kill this child and we're going to figure it out because as long as we bust open our head, we take this mycelium out, we'll be able to use this for something. I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of arrogance on the part of the fireflies, and there's also a lot of blind, blind decision-making that's being made with what I call blind optimism, which is called naivety. Uh, and the other thing is, too, that doesn't make Joel a monster for wanting to, A, save the woman, he, the girl he loves, who's like a daughter to him, and B, 
I've been saying this from the very beginning, the only problem here with the whole thing is the fireflies take away the potential of choice. And that is what they've been fighting against the military for the entire time, is the freedom of choice. The freedom of bringing back an old world that used to be the case. And here they are becoming exactly what they fought against the entire time. All because they have found something that no one else has, and in their blind naivety, they think they're going to be able to solve everything with this one golden child. Which they have no idea. They have no idea. As much as this is going to pain me, I'm going to stick up for Simon a bit. I don't think Simon's saying Joel's motivation is monstrous. It's what he does with that motivation. No. No, I know, but in a world of cutthroat monsters, everyone's killing everyone. If it's just the it's an everyday walk in the park, what well, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> the the physical, you know, like yes, it involves the physical act of killing the doctor, uh, who, as far as we know, is the only doctor that could do this. Yes, it involves the physical act of killing Marlene, who's the only other person who knows about this and has the skills to organize all these people together and brings these people together specifically for this purpose. But it's it's the effect of what he's done. He's he's effectively doomed the rest of the world as we know it by going but in and deciding I'm going to no save on that. He's he's brought down the chance. He just brought down the percentage of finding a cure. Well, I mean, if we, you know, ignoring the number factor, because we don't know what the numbers are, but as you say, he's significantly reduced the ability of anyone to do so. As far as we are aware, like only going by what we know in the game, she is the only person who ever has, and for all we know ever will be, immune to this. But here's the, and, but here's the other, but here's the other argument. In the video, we are talking the video game content, but one thing I did point out to Steve is that the show kind of shoots itself in the foot for this ever being a debate because they increased the chances even more by saying that she was infected by while still in the womb because her mother was bit. And then you get into the question of, well, then suddenly do are the only people who can ever be immune or people who get vaccinated while they're still in the womb? Because, you know what I mean? Is there something there? In the game, it's a lot more ambiguous. And I think that's where the interesting debate here is. And that's why we're having this. But, you know, that is still the case of like, this is complex, and I get it. Science, as even they know it in that paradigm, let's call it, that that fictional world, that dimension, they do need a sample source. But the problem is, is again, taking away the free choice makes them more monstrous to me. You, so you're saying the fireflies are more monstrous because they took away the choice from Ellie, right? Because they were going to murder a kid. They were going to murder a kid. It's not... We're, because they don't even, you know, they they put her under for her comfort without telling her what they're going to do. That's straight up murder. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I agree with you. That's why I said, like, the, the fireflies are still monsters, right? That, that's still a horrible thing they're doing. But, I mean, consider consider if, for a moment, if if they wholeheartedly believe that this will, in fact, result in a vaccine that this will, in fact, save the rest of the world. I mean, if they had asked her, right, them not being, quote-unquote, good people, I personally, I don't think they would care what her answer was. Like, if they had asked her and said, hey, are you willing to die for this? And she had said no. I think, again, given that I think they're monsters as well and that they're bad people, I think they still would have gone through with it. And I think that's why they didn't ask. 
That's why it doesn't matter that they asked because they would have done it anyways. I think because it does. I think it people. does matter because what in that scenario? What if you get a yes? Then you're well, not. If you get then, a yes, great. Then then you're not a murderer. You're someone who's honoring a sacrifice. But you you took away any chance of e- that even existing. So if if the if you're gonna do it no matter what, okay, like you know so the reality of it is you're a piece of shit in my opinion, but. If she says no, you're going to do it. If you don't tell her you're going to do it, why not at least ask and get the potential of a yes? Uh, because they don't care. But because then, they're also bad people. They're also horrible people. So by that logic, fuck them. They deserve to die. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining that he killed fireflies, right? <laughs> you I'm kind of are. That, no, the, the issue, I think, is that he decided unilaterally that to him he's going to take ellie and live with her and the rest of the world be damned and the vaccine be damned and he's going to do that because that's what he feels like doing uh and of course that's only what last 20 percent of the game joel feels like doing uh first 80 percent of the game joel was ready to pawn her off on anybody he could was happy to deliver her for in exchange for supplies right this is just because he suddenly you know had a bit of a heart at the end of the game I would argue he slowly softens throughout the whole game. The I, the 80-20% is probably the biggest jump, but I, I think he's a way bigger a-hole and a monster in the beginning than he is in the end, and I'm including what he does in the university. Well, if he if he had... Well, it's funny, really, because what you're, what you're saying, right? I, I think if he had uh, decided to let her, because knowing that that's what she wants to do, and thinking, okay, there is a vaccine, I think arguably that would have been an even bigger uh, landing to his arc of he's gone good or he's changed the way he is if he decided not to go in there and murder everybody in getting her out. I mean, that Wait, sounds well, like he's reverting back to his horrible ways from no, 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 no. But here's the thing. My argument is that I think Joel's the only one that sees the truth. We're never going back to the way the world was. And is it worth sacrificing this innocent child to even pretend that we can? I also so Joel f- has no idea. Joel has no idea what's happening no, the next no. day. Joel you became a product of his world and then softened to the point where he said, because like you said yourself, he, he, in the beginning, wanted to pawn her off. He's just acting by nature. He's, quote-unquote, arguably become more of an animal, surviving in this weird, barbaric new horizon or dimension we're talking about The Last of Us creates. But then suddenly softens because he rediscovers his own humanity, which is personal connection through love. And through that love, you know, there is no way they're going back. Because even if this vaccine gets created, you're... Yes, so less people might be born after, say, a few hundred years of injecting people with this, uh, after 60 years even, let's say, or even 50 years. I'll even drop that. After 35 years, the percentage of people being born with the possibility of not getting infected gets higher. And the problem still is, is that there's still all these other mushroom zombies that are going to murder you no matter what. There's still the military and the fireflies are going to be battling between authoritarian and choice for the next 60, 80 to 100 years. And then maybe this percentage gets higher and higher and higher. But the world on the other side is almost less affected at this point by the mushroom zombies and still by the barbaric nature that we've unlocked in ourselves by creating this new state of decay that we've created. And that, at the end of the day, I don't think, I personally think that Joel, even seeing more clearly, 
is kind of been reminded that there is no going back. There is no like like you have to become a me to survive in whatever's on the other side of this, no matter what. I also think if the Joel at the beginning of the game had arrived at Salt Lake City, he would have just said, "Yeah, take the girl, do whatever you want," because he doesn't care. Yeah, but he does care, and that's like that's why he snaps. It's, yeah, he doesn't. It's he doesn't pretty. snap because he's uh, just like wants to go on a murder rampage for the lulls. Like he does it because the person that he has come to love the most, who has like reawakened his ability to have feelings and care about somebody other than himself, is going to be murdered. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty funny that it, he has to have this arc and then this softened version of Joel. Uh, realizes the thing he wants is to save her, and to do so, he uses all the tools that he's built, tools and skills he's built on himself for being a monster for the past 20 years uh, to then go and rescue her. I mean, he's... Use, he uses all his horrible skills for a moment of good. You're right, son. Well... <laughs> like taking down a, ter a terrorist faction that has become so blinded that they don't realize they've become what they've been trying to fight this entire time. I don't know if they've become what they've been trying to fight. I understand what you're but, saying, that they're, they're taking they away this choice. choice. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking away this choice, but they're, you yeah. know, again, I'm not I'm not on board saying, hey, they, uh, they're they the good guys here, right? I'm, I'm saying they're still bad people. In a way, you kind of are. In a way, you kind of are, because you're saying that their motivation is altruistic to save the world, so all of their actions are justified, and that made, they're the good guys. Oh, I'm not saying it's justified what they're doing. I'm saying specifically what Joel does is not this clean-cut, justified, I'm just saving Ellie issue. He is He's actively going in there, and he's actively dooming the rest of the world so that he can drive her home to whatever compound and facility they find next to live the rest of their days fighting off these zombies. He actively lies to her about it because he knows that she would not support what it is that she said, and uh, not getting into the second game, I, I think parts of that game confirm it, right? And uh, he, he does that, and it ends in that ominous tone of her not believing him. It ends with her just saying, okay. And this spawned, what is it, decades worth of arguments and disagreements by fans of this, and we're still talking about it today. Like, I, I don't think it's as clean-cut as you guys are setting it out to be. Where it's just, hey, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, he's just Mr. Rogers. He's going in to do what he does. Okay, it's, just, uh, the, it's, just, it's just the movie taken, right? Like, he you're, you're gets a phone call and goes in. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, okay, go I have to say this. I have to say this. So then the other hypothetical scenario, let me just backtrack again and, and reinforce this Firefly <laughs> becoming the bad thing, okay? Uh, so then the Fireflies do murder Ellie, okay? And they harvest her brain cells, and then they create a vaccine. And then they start saying to the rest of humanity, we are creating cities where you can come live with us if you come get vaccinated. And then only those vaccinated can come live in here. And then everyone else outside is the bad guys. And then these poor military faction that once was trying to preserve authority and, and law and reason in society, uh, he has to be forced to become a, uh, I'm, I'm playing hardcore hypothetical and devil's advocate, uh, becomes a new Firefly organization trying to take back down this new authoritarian government that says you can only live with us if you get vaccinated. Are you suggesting this went through Joel's mind before he decided to go on his murder spree? <laughs> I'm suggesting this happened. In, I am suggesting this. This was called 2020. No. 
No, no, I just, I just, I just wanted to go off on that. I just wanted to hit <laughs> down that road. I don't think I, I feel like. Well, I, I don't feel it, it. You're saying like Mike and I think that Joel is the squeaky clean Mister Rogers type. We definitely don't think that. We're just saying, or I'm just saying. I think Joel was justified in what he did, and I don't think it makes him. You know the Mike Myers of uh, the Last of Us world. So what about the fact that let let's say in a hypothetical that it would have been a cure, regardless of the all the uh, logistics of getting people cured, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Sure. Let's say that let's say that Ellie's surgery would have resulted in a cure, mm-hmm. right? Or do you still hold the same position? that Joel is doing a justifiable thing and he's not a monster for doing it. We're playing way too into hypotheticals. That's like saying... No, it's, there, like, it's one or the okay. other. Either it results okay. in a cure or it doesn't, right? And okay. you're saying... So what if, you're you're so saying... What if you know, okay, okay so, so right back at you. What if you know yes. 100% that it is going to be a waste of a life and no cure will be made? 100%. Is Joel justified? I don't think he's justified in doing it as is. What do you mean? Ah, no, 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 no. But you are 100% you know for a fact that there will be no cure. They will fail. You know that. Right. And they're just going to kill this innocent girl. Right. I think at that that point, if you know for a fact that it's not going to result in a cure, that it's not going to make any progress whatsoever, and there's no reason to even try it, then sure, he, he can go in and he can try and rescue her and defend himself and do all that. But we don't know right. that. Right, right back yeah, But your, your, to, your tone is so like dismissive of that hypothetical when you've asked me the reverse to sort of like trap me and be like, aha, so if, you know, if the cure was guaranteed, he's a monster, that means if there's even a chance he's a monster. Like that's what you're going for by getting... No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that even if there's a... I'm not saying that that's where I was going with that. My, my point in that is that there is a scenario that I don't seem to get the vibe from either of you that you seem to recognize or agree that, you know, it's possible that he's doing this horribly monstrous thing. In every, it seems like know. in every scenario to you guys, regardless of how this plays no. out, whether there is or isn't a cure, he he is not the monster. He's doing the right thing. I, I no, think. No, no. Let me just answer real quick. I yeah. think, ev- me personally, I think even if there was a cure, the world is still fucked, and it's not really going to improve anybody's life. Go ahead. I, I, and, and my answer is that if I knew one hundred percent that this would lead to a cure, a real cure that would that would cure us for. Even if for a hundred hundred years from now we could guarantee one hundred percent that killing Ellie will make sure this virus is not spreading and new people new people are being born that legitimately have an immunity, yeah, I say kill Ellie. But guess what? That's not the case. There is no one hundred percent. And the matter of the fact is, they're using barbaric sciences, even with the best uh, doctor in the skeletal remains of a, what was the innovative sciences that we know today. That could barely do that as is today. So. You're trying to tell me that, there, but there's no way you can guarantee that for. There's not. Yeah, I agree. No, there's there's no way to guarantee it either way. My my point is, I'm trying to figure out if there's even a chance of you guys agreeing. There's a version where he's a monster here. Yes, I I'm saying yes. Steve's saying no. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that that was the point of my question. So that le- <laughs> that leads to uh, my next question then for you guys is: so in your mind, why why does he kill Marlene? 
And and if and is it justified that he kills Marlene? Well, we we answered that already. It's he's he says it like you're just gonna come after her if she survives. She's just gonna rally yep. more people to come after her. Right. So why not why not let her you know why not sit there or you know let her wake up and then have her make the decision if it comes down to it being her decision. Well, you know, at that point, I think it's a little too far gone. Yeah, I think at that point it's just like Joel. You're gonna fucking pay for murdering everyone I knew. Yeah, if there if there was a time to let somebody make a decision, it was after they abduct them. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I think Joel's kind of, to a certain degree is doing the same thing Marlene did to Joel, which is automatically assuming that Marlene will never see the other side. The same way Marlene's assuming Joel would never see the other side. And even Ellie. Even if she decided, no, I don't want to die, Marlene would still be like, well, guess what, B-I-T-C-H, you still got to die. Because I need this to happen. I've sacrificed too much. I've sacrificed fireflies. I've sacrificed so many people just to get to this point. There's no way you're walking out of here without you dying, and I'm going to get a cure from you. I don't give a shit. It's no need to, it's no need to call anyone a bitch, Mike. Okay, let's, let's, let's <laughs> keep it classy. I think, keep it classy. I, think that's, I think that's a little bit of a swing given how much effort Marlene's put in to try and get the cure, that she would just kill her for no reason at that point? No, but not, even... not for no reason. It's, it's saying that if, if Ellie woke up and said, no, I don't want to do this, I think Marlene yeah. wouldn't be able to take that as an answer. The same way Joel wouldn't yeah. be able to take it as an answer if she said yes. Right. Well, that's an interesting point you, you hop on there. So if, if Joel wouldn't be able to take the fact that she said yes as an answer, and he does what he does... I mean, no, no, that's, he... what, that's what Marlene assumes. The same way Joel sure. assumes the opposite of Marlene. I think, oh, I think, okay. I'll just real quick. It, if Ellie said yes and Joel was there to see her say yes, he's going to freak out 100% and he's going to try and talk oh. her out of it. Oh. Ellie yeah. at that point can talk him down. And if you want to get even more into it, like, okay, Marlene knows this guy's was a psychopath she hasn't seen him be nicer and you know have a heart and you know become have the grinch's freaking story arc <laughs> you, i mean he's still a psychopath but go you, on yeah. jesus christ yeah. uh, he wakes up cuffed to the bed okay he's cuffed to the bed ellie's in the room yep. marlene's in the room the doctor's in the room doctor says this is what needs to happen ellie you're gonna die you know if we do this but it's the chance for the cure Joel starts freaking out, getting me. I'm not gonna. No way, you can't kill Ellie, Ellie. And then Ellie says yes. Joel's handcuffed to the bed. He can't do shit. Ellie yeah. can talk him down at that point. Yeah, I agree. That 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 would probably be the easiest uh, resolution of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, they don't do that, right? But you know, another thing they don't do is what? Why isn't it then that Joel gives Ellie the choice after the fact? Why, why does he lie to her about it? No, no, no. So, but so well, there's, there's, not, there's no one to do anything at that point. He's killed everyone. So why, why say, oh yeah, you know, they were going to kill you. You can still go back. Like go back to what? Nothing. No, no, but they could seek out other doctors, right? In this, in this I, hypothetical, I, they could I, seek out other doctors, or they could try and work on the idea of a cure. He he completely shuts that door and says there are other people who are immune. Well, as far as we know, and you've said this before, that doctor was the only one that could do anything. Yeah. So okay. So that still doesn't explain why he lies about it. No, no. no. So I, my my answer to that is the same one I just gave, which is again the way Marlene sees 
that like Joel Joel would like in her eyes Joel would not be able to take like yes as an answer yes I want to mm -hmm. die yes I want the cure I think Joel sees that Marlene thinks 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 not knows but thinks that Marlene but fervently thinks that Marlene would never be able to take no as an answer that because what if the opposite happened right what if, what if, here's a question to you Simon so what if he did spare Marlene and what if Ellie woke up and what if Ellie said no I don't want to die now that I know what it was going to be what does Marlene do Simon Oh, I'm sure she still comes after them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's why Joel killed her. So, what's what, what's your answer to Simon's other question? Then, why does Joel lie to Ellie? Everyone's uh, well, de everyone's dead. Nothing's going to change at this point, I guess. If he tells her the truth, why does he lie to her? Well, honestly, so this is this is something where I have thought about even from when I when I've crafted characters in my own in my own books and something we've talked about at writers' conferences before, and we're sharing uh, character development ideas. There's a general philosophy of mind or a, a theory that says as we're younger the world is far more black and white aka it is all good it's all bad right it's there's no shades of gray the older you get you start to realize life is this very ambiguous in humanity especially this is very ambiguous gray area where you can argue the right and wrong of a lot of things and to be honest at the end of the day the truth is always usually somewhere in the middle and nobody's truly right or wrong 100 percent of the way unless it's a very polarized example like was that was that poop on the ground that you stepped in and you look on the bottom of your shoe there's poop yeah there's probably poop there but the idea is when it comes to human morality and stuff like that the the world is far more gray and there is that argument i think i think that the ambiguity of life is lost on the virtuosity of how clearly kids think there is a, a right or wrong of answers how does that answer why joel lies to her because i think if he had said no I, I murdered everyone and i did this she goes back and she tries to find somebody to try and kill her and open up her brain and he thinks that he, she this becomes her pursuit to find some scientist that wants to cut her open and use and is pretty much i don't know if i'm i'm gonna go to an extreme here but she goes around and literally tries to find anybody who will do surgery on her not anybody but somebody who she believes has the capacity to do something with that okay so i think it's less ambiguous in, than that but go ahead simon so what i was gonna well what i was gonna say so following up on that then right is is what joel's doing all that different like taking away that choice is that not exactly what the fire you're just arguing the fireflies are doing and that alone deserves joel's uh inevitable rage <laughs> that goes in and murders everybody I, I i feel i feel no guilt about the, the fireflies i feel a little bit of guilt about lying to ellie well so I, well, I that, that, that touches on it right? yeah I, but i don't I, think that makes him the monster i, I that, think that, i think joel lies at the end there it's pretty self-serving it's so that ellie doesn't leave and still loves him you know She's supposed to believe yeah. that everything yeah. is honky dory. They got what they needed, and that's that. And she gets to, they get to live happily ever after. Part of it is to protect her from the reality of what happened, but I think the most of it is so that he gets to be with Ellie. I don't have any yeah. delusions on that one. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just arguing that the self-serving nature of his actions started about thirty minutes of gameplay before that truck ride. Okay, but Simon, everyone's self-serving action started 30 minutes before that truck ride. 
Well, I mean, that depends. No, I don't know. He he had a choice to not. That's my whole point, right? This, he he had a choice to not take the self-serving route. Of course, that would be incredibly because, as you said, it is gray, right? I'm not arguing it's black and white, and mine's the only reasonable answer here. It's obviously all going to depend on uh, you know what his perspective is at the time. But I'm saying that he's he's someone who in that moment did have a choice and the choice he made was a self-serving one let me ask you this simon let me ask you this if somebody took one of your dogs because they were like immune to rabies yeah and you know they took one of your dogs and said hey we're gonna kill your dog because there's a chance harvesting your dogs whatever is gonna make a potential cure for rabies how are you gonna react Oh, what what a red herring this is! What a what a horrible side road you're trying to take this down. What do you mean? I didn't I didn't say that we're not we couldn't all be monsters. I didn't say that we may or may not all do exactly what Joel does. I'm quite certain I would do exactly what Joel did. That in, not... <laughs> that in and of itself, and I'm so happy you said it, means it's fucking justifiable and not. <laughs> Yeah, what world are you living in where where we all act in justifiable ways? What makes you think that we wouldn't all just be monsters? Yeah, Simon doesn't just kill the vet that tried to do it. He kills the guy who came up with the idea. <laughs> That's the Marlene on the way out, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think at the end of the day um, anyone's going to... Uh, either way, anyone's going to convince the other to fully switch camps. I'm just no. saying that... You know, like, even if I totally agree with how Joel handles it, because that's how I would have done it, that doesn't make him any less the monster here. He's I, still the monster. I don't think he is the monster. Yeah, he's not a great dude. but uh, He's not his, even remotely good. If, <laughs> but if, go on. <laughs> but if you're, if you're taking the ends justify the means approach, I think his ends justify his means a lot more than the Fireflies did. Yeah, they may. They might. We will never know because Joel decided to go in and murder everyone. <laughs> hey, but but this is also what I mentioned in the podcast. Like I remember, you know, but it, also in the podcast, I mentioned the fact that you know, at the end of the day, this entire debate comes down to this one thing. I remember Daniel Kahneman and Steve Vernon did this research uh, paper in the '80s where they surveyed all these people that said, you know, if you knew you could save the world by sacrificing. 10 people you know versus a million people you don't, almost everyone chose to, to, to kill the higher number. Like it was, it was statistically, in all the framing examples they gave, almost everyone killed a million strangers before they killed 10 people they knew to save the majority of people. So it comes down to the question of really like, what is the good? Is it the many or the few that we love? Well, for individually, it's the few that you love. In global terms, it's the many. But at the, this but just made me think of something. This just made me think of something. Well, yes, that's the point. But then, I mean, from one point of view, Joel's the good guy. From the other point of view, the Fireflies are the good guy. Then it just depends on your philosophy. But this just made me think, like, isn't this essentially the trolley problem? Identify the trolley problem. Well, did do you... There's a, tr there's a train going along a track that splits on one part of the track is, you know, a large number of people on the other side of the track is a few people that, you know, 
Are you going to save 100 people by running over, letting the train run over three people that you love, or are you going to let the train run over 100 people? It, you know, so okay. su sub out the, the train and the trolley for you know, Ellie and the Cure. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say with the Kahneman and Vernon thing. It 100% is the trolley problem, and that's at the end of the day. You know, I know where I stand on this. I'm I'm a bit of a I'm a fatalist. I don't I don't believe that we can just come along. Like things happen. Like there's no going back from this crazy, messed up, fungally infested world we live in. It's just about trying to find the best road forward. I don't think a vaccine is going to change anything. Well, I that's think me. yeah. I mean, fung mushrooms are insanely resilient. Uh, you know, maybe in like a thousand years, we'd outnumber them and take them all out if there was this vaccine. Who's to say? Who knows? At the end of the day, you're a fatalist. Simon's apparently utilitarian, and I'm uh, something else we haven't identified yet. <laughs> Is that a socialist I hear about, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. I think in your trolley example, the difference is that Joel has the entire world on one set of rails, and he's just got his little made-up version of him and Ellie living on a ranch I mean, together by themselves I mean, on the other. I mean, but you're there's so much, so much you're implying in 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 not in correlating that, like the fact that even if they kill Ellie, they they manage to to, to pursue a vaccine. I go back to Steve's argument here, where it's like. A million things could happen. Marauders show up in the town the next day, murder everyone, smash the vial, don't give a hell, a, a shit, and then, you know, like, there's so many things that could go wrong before it gets to the world. There's going to be a million things that go wrong getting to the next city over, let alone to America, let alone to the world. All those things could also happen to Joel and Ellie as they leave the hospital. Yeah, and one of those, and things do happen to Joel in game two. Right. Okay. 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 So, <laughs> so my, my point is that you know it's, final point. Uh, final point. Yeah. My my final point is the the reason that I, I've brought up this position or I've mentioned this and it's what I revert to whenever because I end up talking about this game. Not well. I mean, maybe we all are. But my <laughs> my point is that that doesn't excuse Joel from also being a monster. He's the only one who, uh, in those moments had that choice and i'm not saying it's not a choice that we wouldn't also make but inevitably we have to admit that that choice still makes him the monster nope Steve, final point go i just no i don't i don't think you, <laughs> saying his actions in that moment make him the monster removes the context of those of that moment completely and i don't you can't do that you can't remove context and in context they're going to murder Ellie for a, a snowball's chance in hell at doing something that has so many more steps beyond just taking her fucking brain out of her head against her will. So, no. I, he's not a great person. He is, I will even say, Simon, he is somewhat of a monster. The Fireflies are way worse. Mike? So after two hours of doing this episode, I finally looked it up on Google now. Cordyceps. Cordyceps is what we've been talking about. Mushroom zombies, they're cordyceps-infected humans. So my final argument is that all the humans are bad guys because here are these pleasant, fun mushrooms just trying to spread their love across the world. and <laughs> everywhere. And all these terrible humans are just trying to come along and ruin nature trying to become one with itself again. Yeah. Well, thanks for that's that. It. That's the podcast, baby. The great debate. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you.
Thanks, guys. Love you guys.